0: Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Trade deadline day. yeah Brought to you in part by Midas. Skip the dealer with complimentary brake inspections. Brakes starting at one fifty-nine. only at McLeod Trail Midas. You can book today online, McLeodTrailMidas.com. How are your brakes?
1: You know? Well, it's squeaky. Making... Well, you should get... Shut up. I got a... Shut up. I got it's just early. the place for you. Don't wake up my... Don't. Shh.
0: Yeah, I gotta go see this. Place. McLeodTrailMidas.com is the website. You can go figure that out. We will talk San Jose Sharks coming up in, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so. The next opponent for the Calgary Flames. Flames coming off a 5-2 win in Vancouver. The uh, the line juggling was, I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it, just because you how, how much we have talked, and I think media and people, fans around the league, watchers, have talked about how great that number one line has been for the Calgary Flames, and it has been. Uh, but Daryl Sutter, I'm, I'm not sure, again, you think about, man, you think about over the years, and I. It's, it's not to throw Jeff Ward or anybody else under the bus, but the hand-wringing it seemed like at times there was with this team, the trepidation to do anything in the way of moving guys around. If you moved one, God, could never imagine Goudreau and Monaghan not playing together. Maybe somebody mm. else would play on the other side, but... You'd that was mind-numbing, wasn't it? N- you'd never break those two up. And here it is. You uh, you beat New Jersey 6-3. You weren't great, but you got still, you scored six. No, yeah, they weren't great. N- you got shut out by Colorado. Very good team on the road. And then you didn't score against Buffalo. We're changing it all. Toffoli, top line. Dubay, Backlund, Kachuk. Yarncroke with Mandrappani and Coleman. Now, when you look at it on paper, you can see... There's good balance there. I don't think mm-hmm. there's any of that that feels like it's way out of place.
1: The only weird is it's just Kachuk's off top line.
0: Yeah, but it's uh, okay. We we've played three games here in the last in the last week. We've won one of them. We've been shut out in the other two. Wake up, everybody!
1: Yeah, and I wonder if it's just that if he goes right back to the old standards and that was a way to, you know, in the third and four with a little travel, you're back up in against a team that got you. Okay. And he's fire talk- under everyone's butt. And yeah. Kachuk was great without those other two guys. Yeah, three point night. Three point night. Dubay's been really good for a couple of weeks. It was. I was happy to see him get more minutes, more action. They split up Backlund Coleman for the first time, seemingly ever. Yeah, uh, those two have been sort of attached at the hip. It feels like, and yeah, like the the other thing about the old, some like sometimes it was just blender all night, and like nothing ever settled. Yeah,
0: this is this is a little different.
1: Yeah, and and so if you're Daryl or any coach at any level, you know what your plan A is. Your plan A is the big line. But if something's not working, what do you go to next? Well, he might have found something. And he's talked about that, that you're going to need different looks, whether it's Dubé at center, maybe
0: it's Yarncroke on the wing, mm-hmm. maybe it's Backlund playing with other... Yeah, he's talked about it for a long time, and that was—and if I had to guess, I think Kachuk probably goes back to
1: Lindholm and Goodrow tomorrow. Yeah, and, and the road versus home, last change versus... The other, like, they've got options now. Yeah. And and you see teams do this. There'll, there'll be different postures. Sometimes you'll leave that center high and sit back defensively. Other times it's, like, you want to be able to play differently. You're going to have different types of teams in theory you're going to play if you go on a long run in the playoffs. You're going to want to match up differently against different clubs, strengths and weaknesses. More options is better. I like that they did it. And frankly, if they hadn't done it, you'd almost be like, okay, well, geez. What happens if that doesn't work? Yeah, Are we just... Is that it? Do you have a backup plan? And to be fair, in Boston, they do this all the time. Pasternak, you're down on the second line. Craig Smith, come on up, or somebody else, Taylor Hall, whatever. We see that you know the perfection line's there, and it'll always be there if you go back to it, but they'll split it up depending where they're at with injuries, who's there, who's not, last change, whatever. And I think there were some fans, I I just kind of take my –
0: cues from what you see on twitter which is a terrible idea i guess but when uh when lewis would move up and play on the second line started with the edmonton game
1: right we're going to against McDavid. Try it's and a take... super defensive line
0: yeah that's i mean that's what it is when you're when you're on the road when you're playing an opponent that has a top heavy lineup I so they, think Daryl Sutter understands what Trevor Lewis is and what he isn't. Yeah. But in that perspective, now you've seen it a couple of times and you know that it has worked and neutralized some of the best offensive players in the league or held them in check a little bit. Okay, now you've got that mm-hmm. in your uh, portfolio should you need it.
1: And, the, you know, it's, it's early in the arm croak days as well. they got to figure out where he fits best. Is it center? Is it wing? What type of uh, role do you want that line to have? What kind of line mates do you give them? He's got like lots them. of options in the top nine now, yeah. and he should be at two points in two games, if not for the sprawling Tkarski save. Right? Yeah. Um, and remember, they went into Colorado, like, geez, that's oof, match matchup of first place teams, and they went Richie Richardson, who we'd hardly seen at all, because for whatever reason, Daryl felt a way about the type of lineup he'd need to go on the road into a hostile environment against the best home team and best team in the NHL this year. That worked for him as well. He's got fifteen forwards engaged here. Believe it or not, he's gonna mix it up a little bit, and you want to have different looks. He's got yeah. lots of them here.
0: I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, before we get off of Yarn Croak, I- I've liked him. Like I, you, you can see why he would be a good fit. He does have a little. He's got a little Sutter, bit of jam to yeah. his game. I don't think he's a, a, a huge scorer, and that's has nothing to do. That was more a great save than it was anything else against uh, Buffalo and Tokarski on Friday, which, again, we took heed for that, right? Because we talked about Takarski in the bad gear, so then we took it in the teeth. I mean, for... he's got a horrible stick. I think it's brutal. So I apologize to... Let me start with Daryl. I guess well, sorry and, for costing you a win on and Friday. And
1: secondly, for all the people whining, just bet against what we're saying. And we'll, then do you it, can yeah. thank us instead of be mad at us on the, the next show. And I don't know if it's a permanent look, because nothing's
0: permanent, but he, Yarn Croak, did step in on the second line power play in place of Monahan. Mm-hmm. Right shot. So I wonder if that's something that you see.
1: You talked about a right shot for the second unit. He's that. Yeah. Uh but I, I still wonder if he ends up on the wing. I really do. They're gonna give him lots of time at center. I don't think we're we're done with Adam Rzichka and Flame Silks this regular season. Mm-hmm. And I think if Dylan Dubé continues to play the way he has, he may be an option on a third line at center ice. We'll see. He's been better on the wing, though, has he not? He has, but I, I, I wonder if they're just happy with, okay, how is he playing? Is he confident? We, can we get production from the middle? I think they want to try it. I don't know that it'll stick, but they tried it with the Rzichka. We've had good results at times there. But when you look at Croak's career in the NHL, where has he spent the bulk of his time? Where, yeah. So but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up there. Now, can he play center? Yeah. Is that the best he's going to give you? Well, that's what they're trying to find out right now. Yeah. I, I would suggest. Yeah. You I, might not, I, but they're going to give him a good run at center. Yeah. I think they would love him to work out at center for sure. But it, but it's not like he's a lost cause. If, if he's not, not at all. No. Because if all. you put him with with Backlund and Coleman. You've got three elite, elite defensive players. The, that should be a line that's wet blanket on anyone else's top line. You have last change, go get them, boys. And for Dubé, I don't know if it, if it happens, but he has been more
0: noticeable. He has been better, and he's been so close. Like You feel like there's maybe a breakthrough coming. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it may not because there's still some things. He's, he's a young player, and I, I don't know what he is at the end of the day. But you feel like he's been around it a lot the last little bit. For, for for the Flames and for him, man, if all of a sudden he can start contributing a if, little if bit. If he's a, oh,
1: right? that's a top nine guy, well, no, okay, it'll go. Changes right? everything, right? Because that's essentially got three top nine guys. You brought in Foley, you brought in Yarncroak, now that guy? Yeah. And maybe it's not him. Maybe it's Ruzichka back up at some point where you're like, wow. Because Daryl's he loves the tools. He talks about it all the time. Yeah. And the thing with Ruzichka, you mentioned, well, a Pinder a report, Stockton is
0: in. They punched their tickets to the Calder Cup playoffs. If you bring Ruzichka back, I don't think
1: you're saying to Mitch Love, "Hey, screw you." No, he's been. He a hasn't been there the last two months, right? Yeah. So they've got lots of options. They'll figure out how they can augment their top nine with this group together for only two games. That's what Yarncrooks two games. Yeah, Daryl's seeing what he's got. Who's best where? What are the best fits? How do we want to play matchups? And Dubé, like I just think. He's a guy that when you look at the contract they gave him, they expect him to get better. The tools are there. And if you look at his shooting percentage, I think it explains a lot. He's at half of what he was shooting at last year. And if he had fourteen goals, not seven, how would you feel about him? Cause he's creating chances. He just hasn't had the puck luck. Yeah. I think he's been really good since he's been scratched, and I think that was Daryl challenging him. It was a couple of games with Richie and Richardson in, Dubay out, and I, I've really liked his game since. That speed is a really important asset, especially if you're going to, have to play a team like Colorado at some point. It is. And on the flip side, and it's not to be negative,
0: I, you watch the lack of speed that we're seeing at times, and because you think about that fourth line, and you mentioned it, with Richie and Richardson and Lewis, really effective. And then, and then you, you, th- you slide Lucic down with Monaghan, even against Vancouver, I thought, the other night. Having a hard time getting there. Not the when you think of how happy Daryl was with that fourth line when they're on and they're pounding and they're going after guys. Mm-hmm. Now, credit to Lucic because I think he does play a big role in that Lindholm goal after they kind of hold off the siege of the Vancouver Canucks early in the oh, second. God, that shift wouldn't end. And then finally they get it down the ice and Lucic takes a run at the end of a long shift. Myers kind of turns the puck over to Foley to Lindholm. He scores. Maybe it's a bad goal. Lucic, great shot. I think they would the last done, him in, right? <laughs> Um, but but I don't know. It's not that you sit here and you worry too much about a fourth line, but we've seen the fourth line for this team really contribute and make a difference. I, you still watch where, where Monaghan fits in, and it's...
1: He's a fourth-line center at this point. I'm not worried about the fourth-line center. It's a fourth-line center. Like, are you is Glenn Godden an upgrade anywhere here? Sorry. No. D- just forget what I he would, was. I pretend. would take Richardson over him right now. Richardson, well, Richardson cleared waivers. So. He gives. I don't care.
0: <laughs> he gives you more of what Sutter wants from that fourth line than Monahan does.
1: I think that he likes the style, but I don't, I think we're, if Sean Monaghan was, was Jim Walker and he was a 20 year old AHL signing that came up, you'd be really happy with, boy, look at this found money. The I would not is, be. I, um, I would be
0: looking and saying, why is this slow plotting guy with no hands on the fourth line? <laughs> I'd be saying, hey, Brett Ritchie, take some draws. I don't care if you get some energy on that fourth. There's no energy, anyway, with, with Monahan on that, uh, on that fourth
1: line. Oh, and, the, the phones are burning down. They might have to part yeah, ways. So. I don't know. Yeah. I, and remember yeah. how this all started. Monahan between Toffoli and Lucic at one point. Mm-hmm. Those were three of your worst skaters, I'd argue, on the same line. Yeah. And this is just to, to sort of full circle the whole thing. They're trying all kinds of things. Yeah, Daryl's going to take a lot of different looks at guys in different spots with different people in different spots. And it's a luxury that he's got, given where the standings are and how far ahead he is of second. You can start running out Dan Vladar against top teams on the road all the time, even when you won't when it's the playoffs. You can tinker with guys. You can send someone to the minors that you might like more than somebody else because it helps your cap. They have a very nice luxury here of being able to try things, not have to go all out like playing thatcher demko both sides of a back-to-back and things like that it was an impressive bounce back for them
0: in vancouver now again the canucks look to be a non-playoff team so i guess whatever but they had been beaten soundly by the canucks and were coming off a disappointing effort against buffalo the night before
1: yeah and it was give buffalo credit too they, they've been and they won again last night went into vancouver and, and, and beat the canucks, similarly but, like given teams fits a bit yeah
0: but to come out and score and score early and show that this, this was not going to be a game where they s- went and sleepwalked through the whole thing and it was very matter of fact i thought it was interesting comments from Daryl after the loss to buffalo he was more focused on hey we got a point in march we got a point it's tough to win they right now you didn't mind
1: the effort in a lot of ways i it, they were i thought they they weren't sharp but it wasn't like they were bad they just didn't they weren't convert sharp. a lot of their chances yeah
0: they, and you know what? It's I almost wonder, like
1: sloppy was a little too critical. It was just things weren't clicking. The passes were bouncing. They, they were missing nets. And yeah, the, the goalie was unbelievable. And yeah. I don't
0: know if the effort was any different against New Jersey. They just got goals on Nico Dawes where they didn't get them on Carson. 100%. Seat, right?
1: And then you play those two games again, it might be the other way. Could be completely the other way. And I think that when you look
0: at that, and they talked about it on Hockey Night in Canada, the very matter of fact for, because the, they talked to Matthew Kachuk afterwards, and then hearing Daryl, the coach, smart, doesn't come out and rip his guys in a team, in a game where they clearly weren't sharp. Because you might. It wasn't like there was a
1: lack of effort but
0: there. You you want, here, here's you lost to Buffalo at home. You've been so good at home, this whole thing. And instead, the coach has his team's back. No, we got a point. We missed a couple of nets. Had a little kind of a weird gaffe there in overtime. Maybe if Markstrom gets a stick on it, he hits Johnny with the pass. And well, that's a three on two, right? Right. You, you, yeah. So instead of being overly upset about things, he took the other side. I, I do love
1: it's classic sitting and right? waiting
0: for Daryl after the games to see what his take is going to be. I did like the fact that he uh, said he could have stitched up good Branson quicker than the doctors uh, did that night.
1: That felt like a shot. It felt it was an absolute shot. Like I'm whoever is that it falls under their department to have that thing running? How how you been sleeping this weekend? And he said as much that this is
0: hopefully you know from an organizational standpoint something that we take a look at.
1: Thirty three minutes to get good Branson sewn up was the complaint. Yeah, he said he's uh, sewn up cows and
0: horses in ten minutes, so he could have done it in about five. Was his uh, guess? It's great, not bad. Uh, so it's San Jose tomorrow. Will the Sharks look the same? Will the Flames look the same? We'll know by about 1 o'clock today. It is trade deadline day. We will go... Uh, now, man, because there's, there's... Is this guy on the road? Is this... Uh, getting guests from the Pacific time zone. Holy. Very tough for this program. But we will have one when we come back. Uh, beat writer for The Athletic, Corey Massasac, will join us. The Sharks are not playoff bound, but they got a big piece of business done. Mm. Tomas Hurdle was going to be one of the most sought-after guys today. But he is not. He's signed a new long-term deal to stay with the Sharks, who look to be, they've kind of got one foot in and one foot out. They're, they're old and, and maybe overpaid long-term contracts, but there's some youth there that you get excited about. But even the youth is kind of late 20s now. What are the Sharks and what might be, can we expect more from them today? We'll talk with, uh, with Corey when we come back. Flames? I don't know what to expect today. You would think, if anything, maybe some depth on defense. They don't have a ton of dough on top of everything else. Whether you want to play whether you, picks or prospects, Like want a million and a half, depending on if somebody's eating cap space for you. Don't expect a uh, a blockbuster because it feels like a lot of their work has been done.
1: A depth D, maybe,
0: maybe a depth D, and if not, yeah, you have depth D already. We'll. Uh, We'll keep an eye on things. Um, And if
1: you needed to know the state of the the big board in terms of who's out there. Yeah. uh, In the break, I was heading out of the room and past producer Patrick Dumas, who noted how bleak things were on the the trade board. Who was listed there?
2: Shea Weber's contract.
1: (laughs) Shea Weber's contract is now creeping near the top of assets available. (laughs) Yeah. Hui.
0: The heavy contract and cap space, the most sought after things on this deadline day. (sighs) We'll break, we'll come back. Sportsnet 960, the fan. This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet
2: 960, the fan.
0: Trade Deadline Day, our coverage here on Sportsnet brought to you in part by V Burger. The future of fast food has arrived, plant based, and so delicious you won't feel like you're missing a thing. Get amazing burgers and ice cream. Located 17th Ave Southwest or online, heyvburger.com. Not a whole lot going on right now. The uh, trade deadline day, deadline hits at 1 o'clock Mountain Time today. So we'll see by then. I mean, we're going to be, we got a Logan Gordon and a Derek Wills and an Eric Francis and then Ooh. As the bell rings, they will hand things over to uh, Will Nault and Peter Labardius as we go live wall-to-wall today with our trade deadline day coverage. Mm-hmm. Not expecting a ton to come from the Flames. A lot of their business has been done. Tyler Toffoli weeks ago, Cali Yarncroak last week. And our next guest, man, uh, Corey Massasak from the, uh, the Athletic, covers the San Jose Sharks. We were... Uh, we were really hoping, Corey, that this was going to be a game day tomorrow, San Jose. We were really hoping that it was going to be an emotional night for Tomash Hurdle to face his former San Jose teammates in his first de- night in a Flames uniform. Nice. We don't know what number he was going to wear. We'd let him figure that out. It's gonna but, be weird for him. There, jeez, lining up against those guys, right? Coming, you'd come in. Would you travel with the team? It'd be so awkward, but yet fascinating but i don't know that that's going to happen i feel like mm. there's a better than 50-50% chance that hurdle stays with the sharks today would you, do you see it similarly
2: yeah i think well i mean i i don't <laughs> i think it's more like uh 99-1 yeah okay uh, or yeah no, <laughs> but yeah no it was uh look it, you know there was uh you know kind of weeks of speculation about you know just sort of well okay so they're going to work on this contract but at some point if they don't get it done the Sharks are going to have to shift gears and they're going to have to try to figure out a different, uh, you know, figure out a trade partner. And, and hurdle had like a, this sort of, um, you know, he had like a three team trade list. So I guess you would call it like a, you know, whatever, like a 2018, no trade list. Yeah. Uh, so that was going to make things complicated. And so it, it was, you know, if they didn't get the contract done, it was going to be an interesting couple of days here or a few days or whatever it was going to be. But, uh, yeah, no, they've, you know, they made a pretty two, a couple of pretty public statements over the last, you know, six weeks or so, saying that you know signing him was their only priority and that they were not interested in a real, in a sort of a long-term, big, huge rebuilding plan. And and they got the contract done.
1: So he gets an eight-year deal, sixty-five plus million, eight point one four, let's call it. If you'd heard that at the beginning of the year, you'd be like, okay, that sounds right, or would you be like, ooh, that's nice work from the Sharks. You're like, oh yeah, Tomas, way to cash in, buddy. Like, how do you feel about that number? If you'd heard it before the season started.
2: Well, I, I think that's like, you know, sort of one of the interesting things about this whole situation is that like that's pretty much exactly what, you know, if you look at all the like comparable contracts and, you know, try to figure out, you know, what a guy like Hurdle is worth, it's you know, that's within, you know, five hundred thousand in either direction probably of, of of what you would probably come up with yeah. for him. Uh, you know, just given his age and, you know, the how well he's played the past few years and so you know, I, I think it's kind of you know pretty right on the nose. Maybe you know for both both sides, the the, quite the sort of the bigger philosophical discussion here in San Jose is why you know should he be on the Sharks for the next eight years? Um, just you know, it's a weird kind of a weird situation where you know he's the number one center on the team, he's the you know the most popular player on the team, and uh, you know, but there are just there are just a lot of fans that wish they would. They would just, you know, to do the rebuild thing.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things it's careful what you wish for. Because when you have a guy like Tomas Hurdle and then you give him this dough for forever, it feels like you're, you're married to this now moving forward. You lose Hurdle. Granted, you've got $8 million in cap space, but you now have to replace him and you're not going to market and getting anyone like him for $8 million. I, I, I just, I, I think that the number is great for San Jose.
2: Yeah, I think that's like. You know, obviously, if they want to compete, you know, and they want to try to make the playoffs next year and, and two years from now and three years from now, like, you, they had to sign him. I mean, if that if that was the direction that the franchise wanted to go in, it was, you know, it was almost impossible to do it with, without him just given uh, – not just the fact that you, you just can't get – I mean, that was, that was part of the, the fascinating thing in the run-up to the trade deadline is if there hasn't been a center, you know, in the prime of his career – as good as how so much hurdle traded at the trade deadline in in a long time. And, um, so yeah, you, you know, I mean, they, they, those guys just don't really come available. Um, and also given the, you know, sort of the sharks, other contract situations, they're just sort of boxed in a little bit with, uh, you know, they're just not going to have a lot of cap space available. Uh, you know, even be, even beyond this now, like if they try to improve the roster over the next couple of years, there's probably not another big contract coming. So it's all about, you know, sort of finding value contracts on the margins.
1: So you note it. If you're trying to win, you need hurdle. If you're rebuilding, you trade hurdle. They are clearly trying to win, and that's that's good. Uh, show us the path. How does this team get back to the playoffs? What can you tell us about the Sharks and their turnaround? Uh, because as you alluded to, there's some heavy money on the back end with guys longer in the tooth. Vlasic, Carlson, Burns, going to make about $26.5 million combined a year.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, they have... And then up front you have Coacher and Hurdle and uh, and uh, after next year probably a bigger a bigger contract for Timo Meyer even though he's already at six million. Um, yeah, it's the, the kind of the way I look at it is it's it's basically like a race against time. Um, like they basically they have you know they have six or seven prospects that they really like. Uh, you know, I mean William Eckland is kind of the headliner, who's probably the one who you can safely say is going to be an impact player, and then a few other guys, you know, they basically, they need, they need a few of those guys to sort of, you know, pop up pretty quickly and sort of push, you know, kind of rejuvenate and push the roster forward uh, before the core gets too old. Because I mean, yeah, you're right. Like uh, there's a lot of kind of gloom and doom from some people here, because you look at this core of players and they're already pretty old. I mean, obviously Burns is the oldest, um, but you know, with the exception of Vlasic, they're all, Been pretty, you know, either either pretty good or really good compared to their salaries uh, here this year. But you know, are they going to are these guys all going to be as good two years from now? Whenever those other players are, you know, the younger kids are ready. Like I said, it's sort of, uh, you know, they 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 need to find some more. You know, they're going to need to find two or three like guys on cheap contracts that just kind of look at like a team like Florida as an example where they've got you know like Anthony Duclair and. Mason Marshman, they got to find those types of they got to find a couple of those types of guys, and they need the kids to be ready fast, and they need the the core not to age out. Uh, so it's all sort of, you know, it's like two things working against each other, but they're trying to line them up uh, before it's too late.
0: Corey Massasak is the uh, beat writer for the Sharks with The Athletic, joining us here on Sportsnet this morning. Um, the last time we saw the Sharks, uh, Flames were preparing, I think fans were, because we had heard COVID had hit, and there were seven. What, what was the number? Do you remember? It was like almost well, double digits. It was the basically they were playing the Barracuda, the farm team of San Jose. And it Was seven. Yeah. And basically those players came in and played their tails off and won convincingly over the Flames. Uh, that that's changed a little bit. But when you talk about that that next group, what what should we expect here? Should we expect something similar when these two teams hook up uh, again tomorrow or? It it looks like it's a fairly healthy Sharks crew right now.
2: Well, they yeah. So they were. You're right. They they had that that little mini run at the beginning of the year when they had I think it was six or seven guys that were all out. There was like four of the top six defensemen were out. Um, yeah, they were. I, actually, I was just looking at it the other day. Uh, I mean, it was basically right around Christmas time or so. When the you know the Sharks and the Flames were basically in the same spot in the standings. But the Sharks had a couple of games in hand. Um, or I'm sorry, the Flames had a couple games in hand, but like just where the two teams have gone since then. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I think I think the Sharks have won five of their last nineteen games. Um, there's been a bunch of overtime points in there too to sort of yeah. soften that, but it's still five wins in nineteen games. Um, yeah, I mean they're, you know, they're they're relatively healthy. I mean they're they're missing, you know, a couple of guys here and there. I, you know, basically, they have. Um, you know they've been really re- relying on James Reimer. Uh, they're you know so a lot of the, a lot of the metrics, you know the kind of the uh, the, the fancy stats or whatever are have been really bad the last you know basically twenty games. Um, so they you know they were sort of holding water there for most of the season, and then given some of the, especially the, the second time the Carlson got hurt, was uh, was when things really sort of went sideways for them.
0: James Reimer. Now, uh, up up here, we've heard his name with maybe within the last twenty four hours as potentially a goaltender that could be on the move or that teams might be calling on. Uh, I, I guess, do you have any any sense to believe that's the case, or would the Sharks be ready to move on James Reimer if something came across their desks today?
2: Yeah, he's one of the guys. They have. I mean, look, once they once they signed Hurdle, that sort of made this whole weekend pretty, you know, relatively quiet for the Sharks compared to, you know, if they had, if they couldn't have, if they needed to trade Hurdle, then they might have traded a bunch of other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, like they've got a couple of UFAs that might draw some interest, Andrew Cogliano and Alexander Barabanov. To me, the most, I mean, the the most interesting guys for them today are Reimer and uh, Jake Middleton, who's a uh, sort of a, been a breakout story for them this year as a kind of a, physical defensive defenseman who's actually pretty good. Uh, uh, But they, but he's also going to be at RFA. So they still actually, you know, he's not a pending UFA where you'd think, well, case a rental. So it's, it's those two guys, maybe like Nick Benino, who's another guy who has another year left on his contract. I I think Reimer's the most interesting of them. Um, You know, it's, you know, the, the coach and the players have, have, you know, understandably have been like, look, he's been our rock all year. He's, you know, they've, they've really needed him to sort of help them outplay some of their underlying numbers. And, you know, he's signed to a relatively cheap contract for next year to be their starter again. So they, you know, I, that's one where it's like, you can understand where the, if the management side says, Hey, you know, look, look at this deal that someone's offering for him, it's going to be hard to pass up. But on the same time, you know, they, like we've been talking about, they want to win next year and how are you going to find another, are you going to be able to find another goalie as good as James Reimer for two and a half million bucks this offseason? season? That's a, it's a maybe a risky maneuver if they if they do want to compete next year.
1: Give us more on Middleton because you're, he he has sort of come out of nowhere and, and at two hundred ten pounds of six three. We've heard his name in terms of potential guys to move today. So so how did this come to be and who is this player? How does he slot in on a contender?
2: Yeah, he. I mean, he's all you know. We were just talking about how they're going to find value on the margins, like he is exactly that. He they, you know, he's been in their system. I think he's played like 220-ish games in the minors and just wasn't even maybe wasn't even maybe wasn't going to make the team at all this year. And then um you know, one of the guys, the, the kid who was basically their top rookie last year, the the Russian defenseman, he uh, hasn't played a game because he had uh he had some hernia issues and he had to get a surgery. That's the whole thing. But uh anyway, so he gets his um he gets this opportunity to play and he makes the roster and you know, by relatively early in the season, they let him play a little bit with Eric Carlson. And it's they just sort of, he just kept, you know, they kept giving him more responsibility and he kept playing well with it. I mean, he basically is, I think, I mean, I told a couple of people we were talking about, like, how, who would you even compare Jake Middleton to? How I, I many, I think he's kind of what people think Ben Sherratt is. Like he, he is that like steady physical defenseman who can also make a good first pass and, Actually, has a little bit more skill to him than than, than you would think. Um, yeah, he just he's played with Eric Carlson. He's played with Brent Burns. You know, he has uh, he made a couple of really great defensive plays last night. Um, just uh, you know, again, it's it's kind of a weird spot for the Sharks. He's like a, a guy that you just know, said all those things, and you're like, well, why would the Sharks want to trade him then if he's 25 or 26 and um and they're trying to win? But he, it's, not, it's another scenario I think where like if the if the trade prices are like so high for these defensemen that, um, you know, I, I think he would probably slot in as like a four slash five on a, on a really good team. Uh, so, you know, how much is that worth to them? You know, like, you know, let's yeah. say a second round pick or something like that. Right. So.
0: So are you traveling? Do you, uh, will you be making it your way to uh, to Canada or are you, uh, are you hanging at home?
2: I, this tomorrow morning will be my first uh, flight to canada since before the pandemic no kidding get those ketchup chips let's go
0: well enjoy i was going to say we don't we don't have any snow left so you can pack light uh don't worry too much about uh, at least us here we're we've been uh, pretty good i've actually
2: uh i was a little worried about that and then i've been been checking the weather over and over and over again i'm like no i think we're going to be we're going to be good in in both places so
0: you'll be all right you'll be all right hey man thanks for your time this morning do appreciate it be good Yep, anytime. Thanks for having me. You bet. There's uh, Corey Massasak covering the Sharks for The Athletic. They are a...
1: Man, they're in a spot. Yeah, it's and look, they're, they're not dead. No. But they need a lot of things to go right. Like, you need a healthy Eric Carlson, right? And that's something they haven't had a lot of since that extension was inked. You certainly are going to need... Uh, uh, you know, like, they don't have Kevin LeBanc healthy this year. That's a guy that they could have helping out offensively. And to his point, they got a bunch of kids. Some of them got going to start popping. Boy, Brent Burns is still averaging 26 minutes a night. Isn't unbelievable? Isn't it? Well, and a guy that was, what, a defenseman when? Like, after how many years of playing forward in this league? Came in with the wild, played like he, forward. He feels way younger than yeah. these other guys because we didn't see the Burns that you close your eyes and you see until very recently in terms of the the career arc. Yeah. And we'll talk more about it tomorrow, obviously, but uh it's funny you mentioned Jake Middleton. Because his name's out there. And you're like, who's this kid? I uh
0: I I got time for this kid. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Why would they train you they're they not
1: trading him. Well if someone offers you a first next year you gotta. I mean it's I think it's a it's an asset management game. When you're the Sharks like we said, everything has to go so right mm-hmm. that if you can turn that guy into a pick that you can flip around into someone better than Jake Middleton, you got to do it. But,
0: guy's from Wainwright
1: for Pete's sake. Well, this is your boy right, right here. Come on now, holy, honest
0: to God, played with Sean Monahan. I'm, not, I'm just saying. You had to go there. Why? Well, it's
1: what? Nothing to do with Sean Monaghan here. Ottawa 67s nothing, played with. Nothing at all. Just arriving at the NHL as Sean Monaghan's Ships of the Night. Uh, they'll go to Edmonton Thursday after the game in Calgary. It's a two-game Alberta roadie for the Sharks. Is there anything else I can kind of tie in? I think it'd be a good flame.
0: I'd be all right with Jacob Midland. So,
1: and and okay, like I, I, mm-hmm. I'll play along with you. He's a good young player. Yeah. You like the tools? Who's coming out of the lineup for him?
0: Uh, I look at it as it's another one of those deals a la Toffoli. Uh, he's going to be part of what we do moving forward.
1: Right, but Toffoli plays every night. So who are you taking out of the lineup to play him if you think he's playing? It? Or is he a seven to get here? He's a seven to get here. So how much are you willing to pay to get a seven? I don't think it's going to match the price that they would move on versus what you would pay to bring in a seventh defenseman.
0: But keep in mind, I'm looking at this moving forward. I know. That uh, instead of, you know, this would be your Zadorov moving into next year. His contract is very affordable, as he said. Well, he's uh, got Arb rights. He's exactly. got Arbrights. So it's, you know it's going to be under. It's not going to be three. It's not going to be three
1: six or whatever the Zadorov deal is. I I wouldn't have a problem with them starting the season with Connor Mackey on a third pair. Well, anyway. so I, I I like the player. Would you bring him in, sure. But what you would be willing to give up for a depth seven? Ain't gonna match what they're gonna move them for. Hey Ryan, yo, why do you hate Jacob Middleton? Okay, that's enough. <laughs> All right,
0: uh, our trade deadline day coverage continues. It's brought to you. Uh, what have I got here? I'm gonna tell you about Adrenaline Source for Sports. Oh, please
1: do 9309 McLeod Trail South. That one.
0: We fit your game. Come down and check out the largest selection of hockey and baseball product in the city. Adrenaline Source for Sports 9309 McLeod Trail South. Baseball. Everybody thinks Adrenaline uh, Source, but they go hockey. You got the glove wall, the goalie center. up.
1: inventory.
0: Baseball. Are you kids playing baseball?
1: We're going soccer for sure. I think we might do summer baseball. I'm excited. The one kid is obsessed with it. So if he doesn't play baseball, he's going to take a bath to my shins. we got to get him into baseball. Get him into baseball. It's one of those things about kid baseball, though. It's, just, uh, it's
0: not baseball for, uh, for a while yet. Standing around. It's a lot of walking and guys standing around. And trying. What I will
1: do, though, is go grab the gear from 9309 am yeah. South, and then we'll just go play in the yard until... Grab the a weather gets of, nice enough, and then, okay, now we can talk about joining the league.
0: Grab a bucket of balls, and the thing is, the, the lid on the underside will have a nice little cushion for your knee, so you can oh, kneel on it and then see, throw See, that's a in vet there. move right there.
1: Yeah. Jeez, you've done this before.
0: You get the Maybe you want to get one of those pitching machines, because you'll be using the pitching machine in your kid baseball for a bit yet until they start throwing. And it's actually better because the pitching machine unlike usually kid pitchers. Kim throw a strike. We'll get it over the plate. Yeah, that's right. Strike's important. Yeah. So, so uh, to tie it all in, uh, Adrenaline Source for Sports, 9309 McLeod Trail South. We'll come back. Hour three of the program. We'll get you caught up. What's happening out there? Any trades yet today? We'll let you know. What are the Flames doing? We'll let you know. And also take a look. The buyers, the teams that are going, how have they fared? The sellers, the teams that should be offloading, how have they fared? Who have, who, and who are we waiting to hear from yet? And who's stuck in limbo? Who's sitting there today wringing their hands, wondering what do we do? Do we buy? Do we sell? Do we, how, what do we? We'll get into all of it when we come back. Sportsnet 960, the fan.